This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division champion and former TNA World Tag Team champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 186 of the TNA Cross Line Podcast. I am Bob Kine Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are coming off of Sacrifice, the latest pay-per-view in TNA's history. We're at that pay-per-view in the main event. The team of Jeff Jarrett and Rhino defeated once friends, once enemies. Now they're kind of frenemies. NWA world champion Raven and Saboob. And... The partnership, essentially, of Jeff Jarrett and Rhino may already be off to a shaky start because Rhino earned the pinfall in the main event. And Jeff Jarrett had a look of what the hell is wrong with you? Because if I'm remembering correctly, if if Jarrett had lost, he would not have gotten a world title shot for a year. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Jarrett, didn't, Jarrett didn't lose. His team technically won, so he is still allowed a title shot. But with Raven getting that pin, one would have to think that Rhino would be getting the shot before Jeff Jarrett. So what is going to happen regarding the NWA world title? We're going to be finding out, hopefully, on this episode of Impact, the August 19th, 2005 edition. Of impact, and I'm sure we're going to go through everything that happened at Sacrifice with Star Rating, oh, yeah. all that hoopla. So, Dallas, how are you feeling coming out of Sacrifice 2005? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Sacrifice was um, a pretty solid show. I mean, we'll, we'll obviously run down it as you just mentioned, but overall, I think it was really great, and there were some really good matches. We got the Spike TV announcement finally, it's like official. Uh, we're not just talking rumors anymore. So, I feel like sort of from this point forward, I think a lot of our notes are going to be like, maybe they're losing money. Maybe they're going to close down again. And we only got to deal with that for what, five, 18 more years or something. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So um, I kind of, I feel like a lot of our, our big stuff, at least about the company in general, will slow down for a little bit here at least. But I just want to give context that coming up uh, in like 2023 is that Impact is having their 1000th episode. Of impact, we are on episode sixty-one. Yeah, so just a little bit of context here of like, you know, this place is going to not last another eighteen months for another year, another month, whatever. We're on sixty-one. They have been, they've made it to a thousand. That's crazy. At minimum, a thousand. So there's that. But also the, coming out of the main event of sacrifice, Jeff Hardy did in fact show up. Yes, he did. We yeah. Yeah, Jeff so Hardy didn't lose back. his job. He showed up with about two and a half minutes left on the show. You're right. Yeah, he literally had minutes before he was potentially fired and canned, but he was there. So yeah. it counts. Kept his job. Um, I do have some unfortunate news, Bob. Um, so there's not an Observer newsletter like that covers sacrifice. So unfortunately, 
we kind of got to go through the thoughts and ratings of arguably my least favorite wrestling journalist, Brian Alvarez. Um, I really, <laughs> I'm really bummed about this. Uh, <laughs> I checked ones later and I was like, did I miss something? And there's just not, this isn't the first time it's happened, but this time in particular, I'm a little bit more bummed out about it. So, um, so some of the ways that we talk about things, I, I mean, I try to filter through so it still is going to flow the same way, but we do not have our thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle situation. Um, me and Bob liked it, so there's your our opinion. And I would say most of the time we've agreed with the readers, um, at least on the monthlies, I would say that, at least on the monthlies. Um, so I guess without further ado, we will talk about uh, Sacrifice, and then there is a few other things that we'll mention before we get into the show, and then we have plenty to talk about during today's show as well. Now, you don't like Alvarez because he just kind of tends to be negative for the sake of being negative, right? Yeah, I kind of think it's just like the constant negativity. And then, in case that's not enough, go ahead and listen to his live show and just listen to his voice. And you just tell me if you think it's nice to listen to. Yeah. Well, so I rec- I saw a clip recently on Twitter where he like suggested um, like an anti-Semitic storyline regarding Cole and MJF and the role of quarters or something like that. Yeah, so that's in reference to MJF telling the story in a promo of how yeah. that happened to him as a kid. And so he's like, they should do that as a storyline. And I was thinking, I like, I was just talking to my friend about this earlier today. I said, I see where he's coming from, but that's a really fucking bad idea. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Like, I think he's forgetting the whole point of why that happened to MJF. Instead of being like, oh, like, I feel like he's being like, oh, well, he was bullied and this kid beat him up. But like, there's... There's something else behind that <laughs> that he's totally fucking forgetting. Yeah, so I literally just saw that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's annoying as fuck. Um, I do not like reading his, um, what, figure four wrestling or whatever he calls it. I don't like it. Uh, he does stupid indents and spacing also, so I'll just say that too. And he's just totally negative and, like, he just writes weird. Not saying Dave is the master by any means, as you guys can tell if you've been a long-time listener. I stumble constantly trying to read Dave Meltzer's notes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's definitely not easy. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's we're going to start off with that, and then we will we do have some notes from Dave too. So it's not all just Alvarez, but Alvarez happens to be the one who has the stuff. So the title of the Figure Four Wrestling article here, number five hundred and thirty from August twenty second, two thousand five is another great pay-per-view from the group Nobody Watches It. No one no, no one watches. So uh, you can see what I mean. He's just negative. Um, so he starts out here saying, I hope TNA never gets TV ever. And why I'm telling you this is I actually kind of, this ended up making me laugh. Because I saw this dude and I was like, I'm not fucking, t- I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this on the podcast. I love TNA. I'm not saying it. But then he goes on to say, he says, that's right. I hope the Spike deal falls through and they're forced to keep doing what they've been doing, taping TV for the internet and airing pay-per-views once a month. He says, why you ask? It's simple. These last few pay-per-views, this one in particular, have been great. And why? Because booking is in a holding pattern. No big angles can be shot until they get TV. Therefore, the booking of the online TV shows and these pay-per-views has been incredibly simple, and the matches that they've been putting together have all been very great. So, 
he speaks quite highly of it. Uh, even though, it, as, like I said, as it starts, it's kind of like, oh, shit. Um, but he is more intro, but it's kind of just him blabbering out the pay-per-view. So we're just going to talk about the pay-per-view instead. Um, I didn't, um, I forgot. We So another fun thing, if you happen to miss our sacrifice episode, first off, go ahead, check it out. It's in the archive. It was literally just a couple days ago. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. But me and Bob found out that uh, apparently we were watching the pre-show. Yeah. So, and I'm having trouble finding it. So I'm just going to say, if you want to, it was like Apollo and Sonny Zayaki beat someone, didn't they, in the pre-show? Oh, Jarrell Clark and Mikey Bats. Yes. That's what it was. So that happened in the, so we watched the entire, <laughs> it was one of our longest episodes we've ever done. And we watched the entire 30-minute pre-show, including that match. And then, of course, the Spike TV announcement was on there. And that's why it was on there. Is that's the why Spike TV on. announcement. Right. So it was fun, but it really threw us off. And we did not know what was happening. Um, but as part of the main show, first off, we had Sharkboy and Sanjay Dutt and Chris Sabin uh, facing off against Elix Skipper, David Young, and Simon Diamond. Of course, that's the diamonds in the rough. And, well, they lost again. And that match went 7 minutes and 21 seconds. A uh, few notes here about it. Uh, Simon Diamond cut a promo before the match explaining that um, Elix Skipper was another diamond in the rough. So this was his debut with the group. Uh, and therefore, yeah, he was essentially taking him under his his ring. Um, he goes on to say that this was every TNA opener you have ever seen. And not that that is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, Sabin and Skipper ended up in the ring together after some brawling and all this. And eventually Sabin did a wacky lucha roll into a cradle for the pin. Two stars is what uh, Alvarez gives that match. Um, after that, we heard once again about the Spike TV deal. Um, but of course, Rhino and Jeff Jarrett uh, interrupted it in the pre-show. So we saw clips of that again with Larry Zabisco and all that fun stuff. Then there's a promo backstage with uh, Jimmy Hart and the Naturals uh, cutting what he says is the lamest promo he ever heard. Jarrett walked in, and this was a very popular thing that happens. He kept coming in during every interview saying, guys, Black Wednesday's coming. TNA management is going to fire you guys if you don't win tonight, is what he told the Naturals. So this is a pretty common theme throughout the night. Um, then we saw Alex Shelley defeat Shocker in 8 minutes and 50 seconds. This was a rubber match, so this is the third one. Um, so pretty, pretty good stuff. Um, here during the match, Shocker put Shelley into a killer spinning figure four type dealy, is what he says. But Shelley got the ropes. Uh, Shocker, however, refused uh, to be deterred and put on one wacky submission after another. Tons of hot near falls, and then Shelley got the pin using the ropes. This was a hell of a little match right there. Three and a quarter stars. Yeah, I I, th- I thought their trilogy was not bad overall. No, it was it was kind of random, but I agree, especially this one. I do remember being like, "Dang, I wasn't really looking forward to it to it right. during the pay per view," but it ended up being pretty good. And with uh, Shelley winning, like the feud, I guess, um, probably leaves a better taste in my mouth instead of yes. Shock, who probably won't be here forever. I totally agree with that. I'd be shocked if we see Shocker. Uh, I mean, honestly, very much more at all. But I guess I don't know. I'm surprised he's lasted this long. I thought when Dusty was out, I for sure thought we wouldn't see Shocker again. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Um, There was then an interview with uh, James Mitchell and Abyss backstage. 
Of course, this is heading into our next match, which was Abyss defeating Lance White in nine minutes and nine seconds. Um, so, of course, the crowd's super hot. Um, Alvarez says that Hoyt needs to buy every single one of those fans in the first two rows of Christmas card. Um, so, there's that beer. for the beer. Um, he shit sucks his punches again, but I don't know. Are they? The, I don't know. I gotta pay attention more. It might be Hoyt, because I, I remember I made a comment. You did make Meltzer, a comment about Hoyt, right? But Meltzer, think thinks, Meltzer thinks Harris has bad punches. Yeah, there's no way. That's not true. <laughs> if you're comparing Harris and Hoyt, Hoyt's punches should get a comment like that. Not Harris. Yeah. Um. So event, eventually during this whole crazy match, because uh, Hoyt went for a kick, but ran right into the black hole slam. Ref uh, countered, but he kicked out, which is pretty big. Hoyt whacked Abyss with a chair for another near fall, then set up a chair, then hit the uh, essentially coast to coast with the with the chair. He, a little shout out to his former tag partner, Kid Cash. Oh, without the flip part, uh, Abyss kicked out of that as well. Um, apparently, well, not apparently. We fucking watch the show. The first three rows are going nuts. Um, is in he says a mosh pit suddenly broke out. I don't know if I really noticed this, but it's pretty funny. Uh, I do feel like I remember seeing some motion, but I don't know if I really paid too much attention to it. Dallas, when we were watching that match, that crowd, what he's referencing, was probably more than a couple of those. Probably the whole floor. It was like that whole section. Yeah, they were going insane. And we were like, if Hoyt is scheduled to lose, they should maybe switch it. it. We did talk about that, yeah. Because they are going bonkers for what was going on. And then, of course, when the finish happens, it completely... Just dies out. Yeah, it was fucking quiet. Um, and then, yeah, so for the sake of skipping ahead more, uh, Hoyt came off the ropes again for something, but Abyss hit him with another black hole slam. He got the pin. The crowd, no shit, added an entire start of this match, he says. Uh, he gave this one three and a half stars. And I gotta say, man. Holy shit, three and a half? I gotta say, man, I remember at the end of it being like, dude, that match was wicked fucking good. Like, it, and that's the thing, is I do think that the crowd made that match even better than it yeah, would have been. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the crowd for sure did. It was, it was a lot of fun, uh, but totally agreed. And then they were fucking silent after that pin happened. Yeah. But what do you expect? Um, BG James was doing an interview backstage when Conan and truth stormed in Conan totally lost his mind, screaming that he didn't believe him or trust him. He stormed off. Now killings was more diplomatic saying that spike TV was coming up. And they needed to show the people that they were the real deal tonight. Which then leads into our next match. Where we saw three live crews Conan and Ron Killings defeat Kip James and Monty Brown. And yes, the special referee was BG James. They match went 7 minutes, 45 seconds. Um, and yeah, under the notes here. Um, BG James lit and he ended up, he confiscated the chair from Kip James. And after they kind of argued, he threw a series of punches um, at Kip and Kip doing the only thing he can do well, according to this guy, bouncing around like a mofo right into the chair shot by Conan. Uh, BG insisted Conan make the cover, which he did. BG counted the pin. Conan was so happy to have his friend back that he wept. The good guys all juked and jived afterwards and all was happy in their three live world. He gave this one a two stars. It's not going to last. There's no way. No. It's it's just not. Um, at this point, we have gotten an update 
um, during the show that Jeff Hardy is scheduled to be here, of course, as Bob noted. And Larry Zbysko have ruled that if he no-showed, that he would be fired. So at this point in the show, we are aware of that. Next up, we saw Christopher Daniels, our X-Division champion, defeat Austin Aries in 9 minutes, 35 seconds. This was Austin Aries' TNA debut, and this was known as the Internet Dream Match. So the fans voted online, and um, Alvarez does a correction here on his end, uh, where they, instead of contacting everyone, they only contacted Austin Aries. So they figured that he was going to win for sure, and luckily he did. And he says, not sure what would have happened if he did not win the vote. So it seems that they might have done it like a legitimate fan vote and just assumed that Austin Aries was going to win. Do we remember the other options or no? I don't. And I don't know if I don't know if we've really gotten a straight answer. Because the, the annoying thing is they never said it on TV. They, so, nev- they never mentioned it. I mean, so we had no clue. Yeah. So uh, before the match, Daniels cut a great promo saying that Uh, For a while, he was worried about this match, but then he realized that there is nobody in the world better than him. He said Aries might might be Mr. Independence and Mr. ROH, but this was TNA. And tonight would be nothing but a tune-up. So, he's uh, not taking too much. This was another great match. Uh, He notes that the crowd was into the near falls at the finish. Aries went for the brain buster, but Daniels turned it into the Angel's Wings for the pin. Another very good match, and Aries will almost certainly get a job out of this. Three and three quarter stars. And I actually, speaking of that, I might as well throw this note right in here at the same point because Dave notes, he says, uh, he's talking about WWE. So he says, while there are reports WWE is interested in Austin Aries as of the weekend, nobody from WWE had contacted him to tell him that. Uh, the timing sounds right as Aries' appearance on the TNA pay per view without a contract usually would get some WWE interest. I don't think I don't think he goes anywhere right now. No, so he does not. He does not go to WWE. That's for sure. I was pretty positive, but who knows? I, I mean, he's in Ring of Honor through at least 2011. That's what I was gonna freaking say. I thought so. 20, 2010 for sure. I know. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's what I thought so. 2011. I mean, off and on, but yeah, right. I mean, he's not. But that's his like main thing. That's his main. That's a main company. Um, after that match, we saw another one of these Black Wednesday things where Jarrett confronted AMW during their interview backstage. And he kind of even makes a little note. Uh, Alvarez, actually. I mean, he literally says, I tried to pay as little attention to this as possible to the point where he missed the reference where he said there might even be a dud coming in. Mm. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, I remember the, the reference. Mm. Because this was towards AMW, right? A dud, yes. And uh, let me see, do I have... I thought maybe I had a note that kind of (laughs) related to that, too. Oh, it's literally right here. Uh, Which is another pre-show note I had. Perfect. So Jarrett teased the arrival of... This is by Dave Meltzer. Arrival of the Dudleys on pay-per-view when he confronted AMW during an interview segment. Talked about the tag teams coming, and he said, some of the people WWE fired are good, some are bad, and there's even a dud which was meant as a tease. And one would strongly suspect that the AMW versus Dudley's program is going to be happening once their non-compete is up. So. Pretty interesting. Here's the thing. I wish I could sit here and say that I'm excited about a potential Dudley boys TNA run here. But. 
when you've seen everything they did in WWE, it's probably going to be the same act. Well, yeah. In, in TNA. And like, sure, there's fresh mat, you know, fresh matchups in terms of tag teams and stuff, but. Well, that's, I think, that, I think that's not really excited. I feel like that's the positive part. Yeah, but I'm just not like, you know, excited I, for it. I feel like if you're a diehard TNA fan, AMW's like your team, right? We'll just assume. Because that's that's like TNA's team. I mean, it's it is the Brutus thrown out around a lot. It's a dream match to see AMW and the Dudleys. That's a dream tag team match. I don't see, I don't know, man. Dream a dream match is such an overused I know, I know. saying. To be I fair, I think I think that's more of a current day overused situation. I think oh, it well, yeah. used to be way different. There's been many times where, you know, I just completely random independents that nobody's heard about, right? And there's two guys that I couldn't even tell you who they are. And right. just because it's their first time wrestling in Wisconsin, it's a dream match. And I yeah. guess it's a dream match for, you know, the 300 people that are attending that show. Yeah, that's fair. But for a guy in New York who's on Twitter scrolling through, I don't know who the fuck these people are. Now, I honestly don't. I think I could sit here and say that in 2005, as a regular TNA follower, that I would not have considered AMW versus the Dudley Boys as a dream match. Mm-hmm. To me, like a dream match would be like the Dudley Boys against uh, the Steiner Brothers. The okay. long history of these two teams that have not wrestled. Now, AMW has been around since 2002. Right. And they've had some great matches against Triple X and the Naturals and Diamond and Swing or whatever. And then you look at the history of the Dudley boys with like the Hardys and Edge Christian. So like the level of competition in this scripted entertainment isn't necessarily on par with each other. Fair. Yeah. That's fair to say. So that's why I feel like it wouldn't be a dream match. Like would a dream match, would you classify a Roman Reigns versus Alex Shelley a dream match? I guess to some people it could be. But would you consider that a dream match? But I know. So they're like, that's I'm what, not like dying to see that match. Right. So that's why I think a, a dream match is such a. An opinionated. It is. It is. Statement. Like it's a dream match for a select audience. Not. Yeah. Everyone. I think that's fair. That's fair. And I'm sure that in TNA here, Mike Tanae is going to be screaming off as long as I thought. This is a dream match that we never thought would happen. You know, it's their dream wait. match, not my dream match. Right, right. I would rather a dream match more, more so for me at this point would be like AMW against Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, that'd be good. Because I think you know the level of competition between those two teams—they've both been around almost the same amount of time. Yeah, pretty pretty close to it, and the similar kind of style, you know, suplexes and whatever. I think that would be a better one. Or, you know, you're just bringing Matt Hardy and do the Hardys in AMW. And well. That's probably even a 
more so of a dream match than the Dudleys. Yeah, well, that's also probably because the Dudleys are the Dudleys and the Hardys are the Hardys. And that's and that's what I mean. And that's exactly what I mean. Like it's the Dudley boys. All we're gonna get is a what's up. What's up? So then, isn't the dream match against Three Life Crew because they have their version of it? See what I mean? See probably. I, mean? I you you know what? In terms of like an entertainment aspect. You'd rather Real Life Crew versus Dudley Boys is probably more appealing to a larger audience. So we need Real Life Crew and Dudleys against, uh, and then AMW and the Hardys. That's what we need to happen. I would I would have said that even like BG James and Kip against the Dudleys, but that already happened. Like they did that in WWE, right? With the New Age Outlaw. And I mean, sure, it was like a six minute match and like a pipe was used, but whatever. But you know. I don't like that you know that much detail about that random match. But. Well, I'm pretty sure it was No Way Out 2000. Okay, we're moving on because this is getting weird. Uh, next up. really didn't come back till October. Jesus Christ. You're fucking nuts, man. Uh, next up, Jerry Lynn made his return to the ring in, what was it, like nine months or something? I don't even remember. Who? Jerry Lynn. Uh, no, it's longer than that. It was since May of 04. 14, 14 months. 14 months. Something like that. Well, he defeated Sean Waltman at 15 minutes, 31 seconds. He had a huge ovation coming out. Both guys shook hands before the match because the feud about them, not you know, but the fact that Lynn, or Lynn made Waltman back in 92 in Japan or Wisconsin or something, like they shook Minnesota. hands. Minnesota. Minnesota. Minneapolis. Right. And it was 91. Uh, I thought they said 92, but fine. I'll accept that. Anyways, during the match, uh, this was a pretty solid one as well. Uh, Lynn went for the uh, cradle pile driver. Waltman ended up hitting him right in the balls, which, um, not a disqualification, by the way, but they, they did it. Uh, he hit the X Factor, but Lynn got to the ropes. Um, they did some more hot near falls, including Lynn hitting a running tornado DDT and Waltman hitting the tombstone pile driver. Uh, neither were the finish, and by the end of this pay per view, Alvarez says, I predict there will be no finishes left. <laughs> using all the moves uh, Lynn finally got the victory with a, a victory roll which made me smile so far you couldn't ask for a more solid pay-per-view than this three and a half stars I mean it was pretty good so this dude's eating this up I've never and mind you I don't always read his reviews of the pay-per-views because sometimes he has like other people do them not him but I just can't believe how positive he is during this well you know what you said before about how like it's like a holding pattern I think he makes a really good point because right now, like they can't do anything. They have to go bait to basics. Yes. Yeah, so but you also are essentially kind of dragging things out mm-hmm. because on TV, you're probably more like, and especially if you're doing 12 pay-per-views, you're more inclined to probably rush something or right. give up on something. Mm-hmm. So right now they're kind of just forced to do whatever they're doing. And there's positive and negatives to that. And a negative being the, amount of time that we've been spending with the real life crew and kip right with the whole you know who's gonna turn on who or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah totally um so after the match waltman shook lynn's hand and held it up in the air the crowd clapped and cheered today said this was a great moment waltman tears in his eyes embraced him but then <laughs> dropped back into a shoulder breaker and all was lost so bob called it but he attacked him after the match yeah i knew it was gonna happen yeah. Uh, next up, the seventh match of the show. Team Canada's A1, Bobby Roode, Eric Young, and Petey Williams defeated 
America's Most Wanted and The Naturals in 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, the deal was that The Naturals and AMW hated each other, but they hated Team Canada more and were willing to team up to pummel them. Um, so there was lots of brawling, I think, during this. He also is so... Like, this is the shit that pisses me off. He only refers to him as the dark-haired natural. Instead of just saying Andy Douglas. Like, that's the kind of shit I don't like, but... Why would he not say his name? I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. And he says it more than once, so... Um, during the, the melee of the match here, uh, Bobby Roode rolled up, as he says, the blonde-haired natural for the pin, which, of course, is Chase Stevens. Uh, AMW's and Naturals got into a huge pull-apart afterwards, which I think is the more important about thing about this. Uh, each blaming each other for the loss, and finally, security had to run out and separate them. Good match, but below the standards that you'd expect. Three and a quarter stars. Three and a quarter stars for something that was below the standard you'd expect is not that bad. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Um, next up, before the... Next, very good match. Uh, Shane Douglas tried to interview Samoa Joe backstage, whose gimmick is that he doesn't speak. Douglas finally got pissed and bitched him out, so Joe stood up. Now the gimmick is officially no more, as he threatened to bitch slap Shane's ass. So that's not exactly how it was said, but yeah. yeah. Um, and that, of course, leads to the next match. Samoa Joe defeated AJ Styles 15 minutes, 15 seconds, to win the 2005 Super X Cup Tournament. Man, was it a good tournament. And holy shit, was the finals good. Uh, Christopher Daniels was here doing commentary, uh, for one. I mean, there's too much good stuff in this match to kind of go through. Uh, but Joe went for a muscle buster, but AJ turned it into, uh, of all things, a torture rack. So <laughs> I don't know how he did that. But uh, the ref took a bump. Daniels hit the ring. He laid out AJ with an STO and was about to do the same with Joe when Joe woke up. Daniels took a bump to the outside of uh, to outside. Then in the ring, Joe hit the muscle buster and put it on a choke, which is the coquina clutch. AJ fought and fought and fought, and finally he had to tap out. He did not pass out, so he submitted. Uh, well, that was going to be going on hella fine until the lame ref bump, which is actually kind of what Bob said while we were watching it. You were like, I don't think we needed that. Yeah. And now with, a, with another five or ten minutes, it would have been one of the best matches of the entire year, he says. Still, as it was, it was still by far the best match on the show. He gives this one four and a quarter stars. I would say it was definitely a match of the night. Yeah, and now for reference, assuming cage match has the correct star ratings... Because uh, it says, like, Wrestling Observer Newsletter. If if Dave actually did end up... Or no, it's not. It's the same one. I misread it. I'm sorry. I was looking at the, the next match. I was looking wrong. So it's he, it says it's the same. So actually, it looks like they might be the ratings from this, actually. Yeah, because the last match is the same as well. But yeah, I think this match was phenomenal. I think it's one of the best TNA matches we've seen. We've seen some good ones. But I think it... I don't know. It just blew me away. I think it was really good. And finally, Bob, we get to the main event where we saw Jeff Jarrett and Rhino, as Bob noted earlier in the show, defeat the NWA World Heavyweight Champion Raven and his partner, his frenemy, Sabu, 16 minutes, 23 seconds. If Jarrett was the one who took the pin, he wouldn't have a title match for a year. And if he pinned Raven, then he'd get a title match. But, of course, that's not what happened because Rhino took the pin or got the pin on Raven. Uh, Alvarez says that Jarrett is like a fucking black hole. 
He's pushed as the biggest thing around, and he just sucks up all the heat and light, and nothing can escape. Thankfully, the match started with only about five to ten minutes of pay-per-view time left, which in some ways was still too much. All four guys brawled in the crowd, and it was as awful as you'd expect. Jarrett was bleeding all over, and as Tanae says, all over the arena. Um, and it was just brawling. I, he's really making it sound like it was just the worst thing in the world, but it was just brawling. So whatever. This is like your regular brawling you could see on an indie show or something. Exactly. It was fine. Uh, Raven and Jarrett ended up in the ring together. Um, million near fall attempts and saves. The ref got gored. Abyss ended up hitting the ring. Way too late, it seems, because he did, I think, missed uh, like a little bit of a cue. I think he was supposed to get, because it says he choked Slam Sabu um, over the top through a table, but it seemed like delayed, like Sabu was waiting too long. Mm. It doesn't matter, because who should make the save? But that's right, none other than the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy, who is no longer fired. He's back. Uh, he hit Jarrett with a twist of fate and sent on to a huge ovation. Uh, plunder was everywhere, Alfred says. Raven made the cover, but Rhino Rhino saved. He says, it's 10 minutes and 53 seconds. Come on, guys, take it home, Alvarez says. So he's, like, writing this as he's watching this fucking match, dude. Raven went for another DDT, but Rhino gored him through the table and got the pin. Jarrett, of course, was outraged, but Alvarez says he was overjoyed. Enough gimmicks to save this from being a disaster. Two and a half stars. Well, see, this one's different on um, cage match. Dave might have given this one three and a half stars. That tag match? You might, according to cage match, it says Wrestling Observer New Player, three and a half stars. And I don't know if I said, but that match went 16 minutes, 23 seconds. I don't know if I said it or not, so just in case. I don't know if I would give it three and a half. Um, that was it, dude. That was freaking sacrifice. Um, even reading again, I think it was pretty uh, exciting. So I think it was good stuff overall. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, um, for, especially for almost like a filler pay-per-view. Right. Well, that's what I even said. I mean, there wasn't there was barely one title on the line or there wasn't any. There was, there was no titles on the line. There's no titles on the line. And we had that good of a pay-per-view. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I got a few more actually related to sacrifice notes and then one more other quick one. And then it's time to watch Impact, baby. And then I have some really funny stuff, including one about Morphoplex. Bob, we talked about it during the pay-per-view last week. If you guys listen to us talk about mm. Morphoplex, we're going to be talking about it on today's show. Um, so speaking of Jeff Hardy, we heard the rumor before that he was going to be coming in as Willow the Wisp. Well, that's not happening. So it's just they're just not doing. It. So Hardy suggested the idea, and at first was under the impression that it was agreed to, but the booking committee decided. In October, they want Jeff Hardy on TV for his name value, not Willow the Wisp. So there's no re- there's no time nor reason to do it. That was the first thing that crossed my mind. It's like if you're going to be on TV, who is going to know Willow the Wisp? Nobody. Are people going to know Jeff Hardy? Yeah. No one. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, you won't believe who was backstage. You won't even believe this. And you're not going to guess this, so I'm just going to tell you. There's no way you'd guess this name. Kenzo Suzuki. Was backstage at Sacrifice, as was Shannon Moore. We've heard a lot about Moore, though. Now, it's noted that Shannon Moore will have a wrestling job as soon as his non-compete ends, as Jeff Hardy... Well, it's so stupid. This is a Dave thing. He says that he's going to have a job as Jeff Hardy's babysitter just to make sure that he gets to Orlando and to Universal once he's in Orlando. Mm. 
that's so that's so fucked up. But here's the thing: I that's probably what it is. You know, Shanmore's good up. friends with the Hardys, and they got to make sure that an investment's going to get there that they've spent. I know, I know. So you got this hire a friend. Yeah. Uh, Dave also says that he can't imagine Suzuki being used unless it's either just to do a TV job or as a favor to New Japan, since TNA is trying to do business with them. Suzuki hasn't signed with New Japan, but they are talking with him. Uh, the Japanese reporters who were at the show were pushing TNA hard to use Suzuki, but the impression that Dave says he gets is that they saw him in WWE and think he's a joke. Now, if you remember, Dave even reminds us that Suzuki worked a TNA show a few years back and looked horrible, and it was not good. It was not a good time. That was before he signed with WWE. Yeah, it was not good. And it was like, why the fuck is Ken? It was threw me off so hard when we yeah. watched that. Yeah, it was, wasn't it against Saturn? Yes, I was gonna. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my last note here before we get into the day show, um, there's likely to be a name change in the TV show when it comes to the move for Spike. We've been hearing these rumors about. They're saying it could potentially be along the lines of Impact on Slammin' Saturday Night. Oh my God! Which no. is not a name. It's a sentence. Yeah. So what are we doing? No, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Impact on a slam in Saturday night. Yeah. No, this is not 1984. That's just not going to work. And now they're calling it slam in Saturday night, but that's the name because of the UFC thing. It's like the block or whatever. The block of it. Yeah. Well, they're going to change their name to impact on slam in Saturday night. No way. <laughs> No way. I hate it. Uh, now, speaking of Spike, though, uh, we didn't get much in the way of details. There was a meeting on August 8th with Spike. Other than that, everyone at TNA came out of it positively as far as what the network was going to do to promote the show. So we'll find out in September because the single most obvious move would be a month of heavy promotions for the October 1st start during the WWE shows, particularly raw as well as during uh the ufc shows there were spike representatives at the pay-per-view as well uh, which was one of the reasons it was announced so strongly so there you go that's why we had like seven times they kept telling us about it the officials there loved the show and started asking if they could get rematches on tv so like rematches from the pay-per-view yeah so they were really fucking loving it yeah. as were we uh, so that pretty much wraps us up. Before we get into the show, we got a couple of interviews. We're going to talk about Morphoplex. It's going to be it's going to be a great episode of Impact here, Bob. As it always is. Uh, I can't wait to get into it. So it's the August nineteenth edition of Impact. Uh, if you want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus. Find your own personal collection, whichever works. The runtime for this is 45 minutes and 23 seconds. Over a countdown from three. And when I say play, that's when you're going to want to hit that good old-fashioned play button to watch along with us. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA. As you slamming know. Saturday night. Slamming Saturday night. Sure we're going to get... Oh, yeah, here we go. This past Sunday... At Sacrifice. We have a Mike Tanae uh, voiceover saying it's one of TNA's best pay-per-views ever. 
I love that after we read that from like the newsletter, they literally say the exact same things on the show. It's as if maybe they read it from the newsletter. Also, I left it. I left it out, but now I'm going to tell you anyways. Alvarez made a comment about Sean Waltman having like a gut, and I was like, "Like, what are we? Like, he doesn't look that bad." No, he doesn't. There's Joe with the giant trophy, which comes with his first action figure. That's right. I forgot about that. Well, so, it's official now. Yeah. So it's Christopher Daniels against Samoa Joe at Unbreakable, our next pay-per-view. Well, see, now Rhino oh. will be facing Raven as well at Unbreakable. Whoa. We're not even two minutes in this show, and we're getting groundbreaking announcements for our next pay-per-view coming Those just a few weeks. strong two matches. Daniels, Joe, with a Rhino, Raven. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. We got the same lame ass intro. This fucking better change by Spike TV. Yeah, well. Yeah. As will our intro then. If it's good, our intro's changing, but I ain't changing it right now. That's all I'm saying. Slamming Saturday night. Oh, baby. Maybe they could use the Elton John song like AEW does. Yeah. They probably wouldn't pay that. Uh... No, I. Okay, who we got coming out? Oh, Samojo. Hey, where's his trophy? He's not lugging that thing around every time. The Isle of Samoa. The Simone Submission Machine. Samoa I do have a Samoa Joe note, Bob. Gotta find it. I probably do too for his indie notes. Oh, here we go. Oh, wait, hold on. We are doing the Chris Candido Memorial Tournament, Tag Team Tournament. That is starting tonight. So that's happening. Oh, and his opponent, Smojo's opponent, is Jarrell Clark. Um, so Joe gave giving a further quote to Alex Marvez regarding his decision to go to TNA over WWE. He says, quote, TNA was just a better fit. I have a pretty good grasp of what WWE is looking for and at this point in time, and I don't have any of those qualities. Uh, I just I don't have the look and my style is perceived as being very dangerous in some things. I think it would have been a waste of their money and my time. TNA has given me a little more leeway in what I want to do and let me do my thing. I was a shot for them. Uh, they didn't know whether I was going to catch on with the audience or not. And he goes on to keep saying about his burning out with the business. He says, quote, I was getting my bills paid, but my real goal was to be financially prosperous and do more than just get by. I don't think it's outlandish to want a house and a white picket fence. I didn't seem like I was receiving a lot of opportunities toward that. So he was getting burned out because he wasn't getting what he wanted uh, money-wise. Uh, a little bit of indie notes here for Samoa Joe. So just a few days before Sacrifice, in fact, two days before, Samoa Joe was involved in a four-way elimination match for the Ring of Honor World Championship, which James Gibson won. He defeated Christopher Daniels, CM Punk, who was champion, and Samoa Joe in 50 minutes and 35 seconds in Dayton, Ohio. 
And then the next day, they're August 13th. Samoa Joe teamed up with Jay Lethal to defeat Homicide and Loki by disqualification in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. Oh, that was in Chicago? Yeah. I have a, I have a, uh, a note about the uh, ballpark brawl in Buffalo. I'm sure you'll mention that at some point. Well, it depends on who's on the, who's on the show. Depends who's on the show. Basically, my note, the short version is, there are some TNA guys there. Yeah. Samoa Joe with his classic walk away as uh, Gerald Clark goes for a moonsault. I heard he does that because he likes to check out the architecture in the building. <laughs> goes for the cover, but that was a two. Irish whip, but it's countered. Drop kick by Gerald Clark. And up and over onto the apron. Forearm to Joe. Oh. Holy shit. He throws a springboard and gets fucking slammed down by Samoa Joe. Joe's looking like he's going for the muscle buster here. And. and see you later. He did that one a little different. He kind of just sat down on that one before he, like, instead falling back. Yeah. And Gerald Clark taps out in the Coquina clutch. Wait, Christopher Daniels from behind with the title. But look, he didn't even hit him hard enough because Joe was still on his feet. Oh, he tried again, and it didn't work. Angel's wings. It's counter. Oh, Oh, he's got a bone to pick with Daniels because Daniels kind of screwed him. Ooh, Styles with a double drop kick. Yo, yeah, I'm so mad I gotta take my shirt off. <laughs> Interesting. Whoa. Commercial break, and we're back. Shane Douglas listening to a door. Oh. There's something going on. Larry Zabisco and Jeff Jarrett. They're pretty mad about it's about Rhino getting the title shot. Ooh, I don't like that. He said, by Spike TV, I'm going to be champion. Ugh. Oh, he says, if Rhino will step aside, he can have the title match. Okay. He's going to sign up. Speaking of Rhino, here he is. We got Tongue, okay? I need to be the heavyweight champion by the time we get to Spike TV. Step aside, let me have your shot. He will promise that he will get a shot as soon as he gets it back. Oh. Oh, Rhino said he's going to give him an answer. He said, you'll get a tough shot after he gets it. <laughs> Rhino's first in line. I kind of like the idea that, like, Jared's, like, scared of Rhino. Yeah, like, he didn't it, really press for it there. Dare I say it's the same thing that they do with Monty Brown? 
Because they both also do. Well, his isn't a spear, I guess, but I mean, it's the same general yeah, idea. Okay, here's our Memorial Cup tournament. We have Simon Diamond and Mikey Bats, Shocker and Saban, BG Riley, Truth Dutt, Waltman Shelley, Abyss and Sharkboy, and I missed the last one. Kip and Williams and Conan Hoyt. And now you're wondering, what the fuck does this mean? They are essentially pairing a, quote, veteran wrestler with a younger wrestler. And it is based on, I have a note, it is based on a tournament in CMLL called the Grand Alternative or something like that. Uh, we're essentially established our team with undercard guys. And there's a cup right there. It literally it looks like a pasta bowl. I don't like that cup. Look at this shit. Shocker's like dancing and Saban's just coming down. Now, I will say, Bob, I fucking hate things like this. I don't like random tag teams being put together for a tournament. It's, like, one of my least favorite things. No, I agree with that. It's it's essentially a different version of Battle Bowl. I mean, yeah. There's just more of a reason, they'll, they'll tell you, a reason uh, between their uh, putting these people together. Doesn't mean I agree with it, but... Um, I have uh, one indie note for Mr. Chris Saban on August 13th at Ballpark Brawl 5. In Buffalo? He was involved in the natural heavyweight title three-way, which saw Charlie Haas defeat Chris Saban and the champion Christopher Daniels at Bang Bang Have a Nice Day in Buffalo, New York. Now, I wonder who else was on this show. Oh, I could tell you. Well, you probably can get the card, but. Yeah, I have it right here. Okay, you just do that part. Wow, there's a bunch of TNA guys on here. Dude, yeah. Um, and including, I don't know if we'll see him or not, but Sabu was actually in the main event. And right. Bill, Bill Alfonso was in, unadvertised in his corner, and he fought Sandman with unadvertised Todd Gordon in a cane tables and chair match. Hmm. Um, also, that match that you just mentioned about Chris Sabin, it actually went to um, went over 20 minutes. With The match was described as great. Um, and they actually, Saban had Haas in a crossface when time expired, and the fans demanded five more minutes. And that is when uh, Haas ended up pinning Daniels clean. Yeah, see, around this time, Charlie Haas was fresh off his WWE exit. And I'm telling you, I would say Charlie Haas and Rhino on the indies at this point for me were two guys that, like, if I saw them on the card, like, if I, you know, if I have a bunch of footage, you know this. So if there are, if if either one of those run an indie show around this time, I'm probably at least checking out their match. Well, I also enjoy that it says that Haas did a face promo after calling himself Charlie Haas single superstar. Hmm. I think it's kind of funny. Single and he also t- he also talked about how he can do a promo not being scripted. Which I thought was yeah. funny because people like complain that people do that now when they like leave WWE or whatever. And they're like, I don't need to do it. And they're like, why are they got to knock him? Well, here they are in 2005 and he's doing the same thing yeah. just to a smaller fan base. There's also um, about 900 fans at that show. At the ballpark one. Yep. Mick Foley was there. Lanny Poffo, Kamala, Matt Stryker finishing up his indie dates mm. to the point where he came out dressed like the rock. And he said that finally The Rock has come back to Rochester. And of course, they were in Buffalo, not Rochester. 
And that's when McFoley came out and all that stuff. So there's some pretty interesting stuff. Well, that was you were saying Stryker did that? Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of his gimmick. It's like he would just impersonate. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, well, at least in some indies. <clears throat> like in 3PW. Oh, it, says that, it kind of says that here. Yeah, like for 3PW, he would uh, routinely come out as like a different. Like one time it was Warrior, one time it was Flare, uh, several others. Okay. And uh, he would do a pretty. Like he, I'm sure he did Savage one time. So, you know, he was pretty good at the impersonations and stuff. Oh, okay. Also, Jackie Gata debuted her new gimmick of Just Jackie winning a women's battle royal at the show. She's dating Haas, isn't she, at this time? Or no? Am I making that up? Uh, She might be. I know they were married for... <sighs> I freaking knew it. Diamond going for the cover. This match, nothing crazy has happened. Um, there was Simon Diamond was doing some cheap shit to save it on the floor. Okay, I have an idea, just because I hate this whole tournament, so I'm trying to find something good in it. Could you see, okay, imagine this now. Simon Diamond teams up here with Mikey Bats. Let's just say Bats fucking sucks. They lose because of him. They could bring Bats into the Diamonds in the rough. Be like, yo, you need, you need my help. I mean, yeah. Could we do something out of this? I guess, I you, I guess you could do that. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of some kind of positive here. I, I just don't think Bats is worth the investment. No, I think that's probably accurate, but he's he's still here. So. I forgot that Charlie Haas had one random match in Impact. Recently, like last year. Oh, yeah. And I he did. was like, I'll be back. And then he never went back. Maybe episode 1000. Northern Lights suplex by Diamond getting the cover, but no. They're announcing some TNA alum for the 1000th episode. They've been announcing a bunch of people that are going to show up. Go to TNAWrestling.com to find out when Sacrifice Replays are coming out. Saban with an elbow, off the rope, springboard, back elbow. Takes out Simon Diamond. Shocker has done nothing in this match yet. Smartest man in the building. Here he comes. Oh. Look at the gigantic Unbreakable logo at the bottom of our screen here. Sunday, September 11th. Ugh. It's not even really a logo. It's just unbreakable in like bold letters. Yeah, it's one of the weaker ones. It's probably why it's the only one. Hmm? What? It's probably true. Kind of interesting. Shaka refusing to be rolled up by a little Harry Potter guy. No, he doesn't want to be Harry Potter guy. Oh, right. Saban. Springboard jumps over bats. Oh, kick to the midsection. And then he's going for an Irish whip. Bats in the corner. Hops to the apron. Counters the punch. Oh, oh. going for like a sunset flip, but it looks like we're going to hit the cradle shock. Or maybe not. What? Okay, he hit it. He hit it. That's a three. Simon Diamond didn't even try, dude. 
you know. Well, Mikey didn't even like kick his legs or anything to try to counter it. Well, Saban like almost lost grab of the legs. It was kind of weird. So they're either going to fight BG James and uh, who? Oh, Cassidy Riley. I do that. I just fucking blanked right there who Riley was. Oh my god. <laughs> and no, I forgot the other name. Uh, Monty Brown being interviewed in quite an interesting orange shirt tucked in his pants by Shane Douglas. He says he told Kip to not trust Brian James. He wants to do it Kip's way. He's mocking him now. He's my brother Alpha. He can be trusted Alpha. I owe his family so much. And then he just goes, me. But we're doing it the mouth of Mel's way. Serengeti way. Kill or be killed. You're worthless and weak, Brian James. He should have weaved out the week a long time ago, and now he will. He doesn't care, Brian James. If it's you, Rhino, Jeff Jarrett, he wouldn't even care if it's Raven. I beat you in less time than it takes for me to say the pounds, period. Says title is coming to the alpha male. Title is coming to Serengeti where it should have been a long time ago. He must have spat all over uh, Shane Douglas. Here comes Rhino. Gore, 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 gore. With his hair all up in his face because he was watered it so much. He's the man beast. Not my favorite nickname, but here he is, the man beast. That guy looks like he's crying because he's seeing Rhino. Well, what's wrong? That guy looked like he froze. The number one contender. Unless Jeff Jarrett gets him to not do it. Hula. Oh, bro. oh my god, I thought oh, sorry, It's Sonny Saki coming out I thought Apollo was wearing a Team Canada jersey I could see how you would think that Unfortunately, the crowd does not care about Sonny Siaki Yeah, it's pretty fucking quiet Yeah Thank you, Don West, for trying so hard to make it seem interesting This is going to be an interesting matchup Is it? I think it's going to go under two minutes Yeah, it's probably not going to be long uh, do you have any indie notes before I, I mention anything here? Um, I, mine is not related, so. Let me check here for Mr. Rhino. Uh, it looks like I do not. Okay, well, I got an interview with Ken Shamrock here. Oh, boy. With okay. Valor Fighting. It's not actually really that exciting, but he talks about TNA, so I forgot to mention the part. As Rhino's going for a power bomb. Oh, a reverse one right into the turnbuckle. Yeah, right, top turnbuckle. Um, Shamrock says that he sort of felt bad when he was working for TNA. 
Uh, he agreed to go in and help them get off the ground, but the, at the time, he was so focused on MMA that he couldn't give wrestling his full attention. That, he said, was probably why he was no longer with them. Mm. That's pretty much all he had to say about DNA. Yeah, well, I mean, he was obsessed with uh, Tito Ortiz, so. Mm. That'll and do it. Aside, I mean, the 2002 run, he, like, seemed kind of, you know, working there. But when he briefly came back in 04, it was like. That was kind of rough. Yeah, like, what are you doing? He didn't really do it, yeah. uh, Speaking of MMA stuff, though. So you know how um, TNA had to... I think it's MMA. I might be wrong about that. What's Pride? Is Pride MMA? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know how TNA had to pay to be on FSN? Yep. Yeah, well, Pride's getting on for free. They're... What? They're getting on there for nothing? Yep. They're not paying for TV on FSN. And this just says, that says something right there. Wow. It seems that that's kind of maybe their replacement since TNA's gone. That's really Single leg kick by Siaki, but Rhino gets right back up from that one. Little ace cutter right there. Let's see. Going for an Irish whip. And it's course countered because that's what you do with Irish whips. Siaki up and over. Rhino rolls back. Stands back up. Gore! Gore! Yeah. Gore! That seemed like that Let's was going to Let's go, happen. baby. Is the gore not the best spear? Uh, I've always thought it was. Dude, it's and so good. I've seen people try to tell me that or not, not tell me personally, but like on Twitter, be like, oh, Edge or, uh, um, you know, Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg had a, it depends really on who Goldberg was spearing. For it right. Goldberg has a decent one. I don't know, dude. Every time I've seen Rhino hit a gore, it's pretty fucking good. Edge is more like to the side. I feel like, and Rhino's more like he's coming right at you. Right. I kind of think that's. The, the point here is Rhino grabs a microphone saying, Gore, Gore, Gore. This is the first time we've really heard Rhino talk much, isn't it? Raven, I'm going to make you bleed. I came here for the World Heavyweight title. Nobody, and I mean nobody, will stop me. That might have been a shot at Jeff Jarrett. That might be a little foreshadowing, guys. Unbreakable. Why wait for the pay-per-view? Raven, come out here right now. Because I'm the man beast rhino. And uh, Raven's music hits, so. Also, Bob, as we got that crowd shot, I don't have a crowd number for you, just so you know. I think we didn't come out with a belt. Oh. Gore me once, shame on you. Gore me twice, shame on me. Because he's going to fight. So it is written, so it shall come to pass. Security's trying to stop him. Security is uh, atrocious. They got pushed by one hand and they fell down. Raven got into the ring, but Butterbean holding him back here. And two referees holding back Rhino. Oh, Gore! Gore. 
That's why he's not wearing the title. Okay, so I feel like they're building Rhino too strong for the title match for him to win. Mm. It's a lot of momentum yeah. on the champ. We got the second match up here for the tournament. By the way, we're 24 minutes in. Hold on. 40 seconds in. Oh, great. That's just going to mean more drama. Oh. BG James and Cassidy Riley. Three LK. Um, I have a an interesting interview for you. It's Jim Cornette. Oh, great! On Monday Night Mayhem. Um, it's it, Alvarez notes that he hates TNA a lot less these days. Uh, but now that he's more diplomatic, saying that the Spike TV deal is a step in the right direction, he said, as grateful as he was for all the help Jerry Jarrett gave him early in his career, the chances of him going to TNA were slim because a he had stuff he wanted to do with OVW, and b Orlando was a long-ass drive from Louisville. And, of course, as we know, Cornette refuses to fly, so. Right. He's got a great fear of it. So we got Ron Killings and Sanjay Dutt here, and the 3 Life Crew song just didn't stop. It just kept going, and they came out. Okay, but Sanjay and Ron Killings, I could actually see this being a thing. They both like to do the little dances and stuff. I would have to think that uh, Dutt and Killings are the favorite to win this match. So I had to guess. That's what I'm thinking, too. We're starting off with Cassidy Riley and Ron Killings. This is about Chris Candido. This is a Candido cut. This is not about 3LF crew. Don't forget, guys, I don't want to hype this up too much. I got a Morphoplex <laughs> note coming up. Get hyped. The thing is, I should probably just say during this match, because I feel like there's not going to be much to talk about, but I'm holding on to it till after this one. Do you notice the body language here? Here comes BG James. Okay, Bob. Out of all... Confrontation with Ron. Oh, they're hugging. Oh, wait. They hug so they know, like, this is just friends. Right. This is just this is friends. This Candido. Oh, Bob. Lord. They're dancing. They're doing, like, a heel click and dancing. Oh, Cassie Riley and Dutt are like, can you stop doing that? Oh, they hit each other's partners. Hmm. Inter- okay, so this is pretty interesting. So they did not fight. Yeah, well, I guess they don't want to cause any more rifts. They did just say they just got back together on Sunday.
Come on, Lance guys. Hoyt Ugh. and Conan. Conan's going to be so excited that people are cheering for him, but really, it's all just Hoyt fans. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to take off the shoe off, and everyone's going to be like, Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt. Sanjay Dutt's in here with Cassidy Riley, who, by the way, is still dressed as Raven. Still wants to be like his hero. I was just doing the stuff recently where he's like sad that Raven didn't pick him as his partner. But for the for our social media pages, hey, which by the way, if you aren't following us at Crossline TNA over on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, uh, we're also on Instagram at Crossline TNA, at TNA Crossline Pod on Facebook. Give us a like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Just type in TNA Crossline Podcast. Like our videos, up up them, thumbs up, baby, thumbs up and subscribe. Yeah, do it. That's where we we post those as well as all your favorite podcast platforms. Which, if you guys love us, you would leave us a review of your favorite TNA podcast. Uh, I got two notes for Mr. Sanjay Dutt. The first one Ooh. being back on July thirty first, he lost to M Doug twenty at AIW's It's On Again in Seven Hills, Ohio. And then at that ballpark brawl five on August thirteenth, Sanjay Dutt defeated Trent Acid. Cassidy Riley with a fisherman suplex on killings. Oh, Cassidy yelled at BG and then he pushed him because he wanted the cover. Oh, Oh. he's going to do the pump handle sim, but he's humping. He didn't hump him first. He's not getting the pin. Well, we're on the internet, so he could have done that. You have to do the hump. He's going to let Ron win? In Sanjay? 450. Okay. Okay, BG. I guess, you know what? BG doesn't want to work. That's fine. He doesn't care. He's showing his loyalty. That was bizarre. He won. He did not win. (laughs) Okay, that was weird. Yeah, that was kind of... Strange. Okay. Well. Okay. So Ron Ron Killings and Dutt versus Shocker and Saban probably next week, I'm assuming. Or backstage in Abyss's dungeon area. Father James Mitchell wearing black and a red shirt. He's mixing up his look again. Abyss would not went around for a world title. What the fuck does that do with anything? Jim Mitchell's is like, you wouldn't be my, my surprise when Raven is fighting Bobby Roode next week. Whoa, a bitch just barked. One of two things are happening. Abyss is going to get a title shot, or he's going to cripple everyone in his path. When Larry's Abyss gal, I would strongly suggest that you put down your golf clubs and you make this thing happen. The blood of every one of Abyss's victims is going to be all on your hands. 
Did we say Doomsday? Doomsday. Okay. Is A1 about to get a main event spot here on Impact? Yeah, it looks like we got Eric Young in A1. And I think I just heard the announcement that this is for the NWA Tag Team titles. Well, son of a bitch. So, yeah, he is. So, Bob, as the entrances are made, I better give you my last note here about Morphoplex. Morphoplex. Uh, which uses Larry Zabisco as Pitchman, which Bob found out last uh, episode. <laughs> we found that out. Which is also a sponsor of the Wrestling Observer Live radio show. Cheap. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're expected to be a major sponsor of the show on Spike TV, including the brand name on the ring mat. AJ Styles is either strongly under consideration or has already been agreed that he will be a pitchman for a future TV commercial uh, for the supplement brand. The feeling is that Styles is the company's cl- coolest wrestler and has the uh, attainable and realistic physique that people will not feel insulted with the insinuation it was built on supplements, whether true or not. They already had the banner for it on the apron at the pay-per-view show, which is how this whole conversation has started. Yeah, AJ doesn't look like the guy that would be on supplements. Well, that's that's the, that's the point. Is he looks like it's an obtainable like body to get? It doesn't look like he's fucking juicing it to the gills. Juicing it. He's not Lex Luger. It's like, oh yeah, that dude's on Ico Pro. Yeah. Hey, this is for the titles. Naturals are here, and Slick Johnson held up the belts as the Naturals went right after Team Canada. That was the weakest bell ring I've ever heard, If I, unless they did it right before that, and I missed it. All four men in the ring duking it out. I would expect America's Most Wanted to get involved in some degree here, right? Oh, you think so? They even just mentioned them on commentary, so. Oh, Eric Young whipped into the corner. Flipping over to the apron. Stevens knocks him off with an uppercut. What an uppercut. Everyone kicks out, tossing Chase Stevens up. And A1, no, he was going to drive Chase Stevens into the turnbuckle, but no, Chase Stevens rolls him up. Uh, That's a kick out. Jimmy Hart is still here, by the way. He did come out with the Naturals. Still blows my mind. It's such saw, a, just a weird partnership with Jimmy Hart. I just saw Jimmy Hart, a Jimmy Hart quote that he was like, I'd like to manage this team in WWE because why not? He did say that? He just, I just saw it earlier today. It's pretty deadly, if you're wondering. Oh, the NXT team? Yeah, they're on the main roster. And I'll tell you what. They're on if, the main roster now? Yeah. If I was watching okay. WWE... I'd be watching for Pretty Deadly because I like them. They're awesome. Wow. Yeah, I had no idea about any of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Pretty Deadly Mark, let me tell you. But I don't watch, so. Nope, not anymore. 
You wouldn't leave a birthday party to watch uh, SmackDown these days. Absolutely not. In fact, I didn't watch SummerSlam because my friends wanted to play Mario Kart. Oh. So what's it? Well, that's nice. That's my, that's my priority. So I played Mario Kart instead. Who'd you play with? Uh, my friends uh, Nick and Karina. We played online. Oh, sick invite. You don't have Mario Kart or a Switch. I could, I could obtain it. You don't have a Switch. Yes, I do have a Switch. You do? Yeah. What? Yes, I have an what what games you got on your Switch? I have uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. I got some Pokemon thing. Okay. And I think that's it. Okay. How often do you play your Switch? I couldn't even tell you where it is right now. <laughs> I didn't even know you had one, I don't think. Yeah, you did because I had you send me your code or whatever. I think we're friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we probably are. Yeah, so again, sick invite, man. Bob is like, a, I'm going to buy game systems and not play them ever. Yeah, I've played the PlayStation 5, I think, uh, four or five times. If you The fact that you count it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not good. You need a new game is what you need. No, I just have to, like, want to play the you know this game. Dude, I was so hyped today. I was like, yo, after work, I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to play video games. Keely's like, uh, you're doing your podcast. I was like, ah, fuck. Son of a bitch. I, like, I want to play video games. Oh, A1 with the eye rake allowing Young to clothesline Douglas, or also known as the brown-haired one. Or a two. <laughs> the brown hair natural. Or dark hair natural. Oh, A1 with a kick. He's doing a cheap shot. His his uh, tights, by the way, still white, just for the record. Thank God. Uh, are you watching any of the Little League World Series? The what? Little League World Series. Absolutely not. Oh. The Little League? Yeah. Get out of here. You're not Dude, I watch that. this shit every year. It's kids playing? Oh, yeah. It's like 12-year-olds. That's pretty funny. I wish I could gamble on it, but I Are can't. they good? Some of them are actually really good, and some of them are not good. I it's twisted, but I only like watching it <laughs> to see him cry when they fuck up. Oh my! The, okay, you didn't have to. You could have just said, "I just like watching them fuck up." Now I want to yeah, see. Like, I want to no, see it's cry. the crying. The crying because like that was me. Like when I was twelve and I would fuck up, I'd cry because I'd be like, "Oh my god, I fucking suck!" And oh. now I watch these kids on national television yeah. screwing up, and they start crying. Is that on like ESPN? Oh yeah, it's on ESPN right now. Did you watch the Super Bowl tournament? What was it? Super Hole. I don't even know what that is. It's Cornhole. It's called oh, the wa- It's called I've the watched, Super Hole. I've watched Cornhole. Like competitions on there. You watched the Super Hole. Yeah. There was one year they had like it, the Putt Putt Championships. On oh hell yeah. ESPN two and I was like watching that. Dude, I'm not bad at putting, I'm just saying. Just saying. Yeah, you're you're a golfer now. I do the golf. What the fuck was that? Whoa. Andy Douglas, pin What the fuck? Okay, they, I think they screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> that was did. weird. That was one of the weirdest pins I've ever seen. Yeah. Eric Young loves dropping those forearms, though. But, you know, the thing with Little League World Series, like, right now it's the top of the first, so there's not going to be any crying. You got to wait till like, the sixth or seventh inning. So by the time we're done, you're going to be, like, brewing in, like, top-quality content. Yeah, and, like, this is a championship game, so... Oh, there's definitely going to be two. Like, whoever wins, because they're, like, the regionals right now. So, whoever wins this goes to, like, the actual Little League World Series. So, like, if somebody 
like gives up a home run, like a game-winning home run, they will be crushed, and oh, they wow. will cry. And it's great. Okay. Whichever team loses here is going to cry. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. My favorite. Or like they get hit by a pitch and they're like, oh, oh my ribs. And he's like weeping. I was watching the uh, one of the golf tournaments recently and I got yelled at for doing that. Why are you watching a golf tournament? Because you're a golfer now? Because I play golf now. So now I'm watching it. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Dude, because the thing is, with golf, is Andy Douglas is fighting off of a one said lock here. Um, now that I know what the whole point of it is and like what things are like what you're doing it like all of a sudden makes sense and i'm like oh i get why this is fun to watch now yeah i can watch golf like it's not bad see but after like doing it i'm like oh yeah that was a good one like i like i know it's like it's like oh, that was gonna, a good swing he's gonna have Very a hard good. time hitting out of that <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna start studying the grades like oh he's gotta go a little bit to the left on this putt Dude, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Young off a of middle rope with the leg drop, but he missed it on Andy Douglas. The A A one just tagged out, and now Eric Young's ass hurts. He just Matt Hardy himself there. He's gonna start doing elbow strikes off the middle rope in a couple of years. He keeps doing that. <laughs> I hate that shit. I remember he specifically at one of the two CW shows. He got up, and I was like. He's just going to hit the up and he, yeah. oh, and then, yeah. boom. <laughs> it's so, it's so lame. Because, like, sometimes you think he might actually, it's like, oh, shit, the guy's down. Is he actually going to do the leg drop? And then he doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I get it. I'm just saying. Double leg slam by Chase Stevens goes to a cover on Eric Young. Does he, I haven't watched really him in AEW, but does he do the elbow in AEW too? Oh, I'm sure. I don't know if I've paid enough attention. That's what I'm At this that's point, it's so normal that it's like, it's it's not like as funny anymore. Where it's like, oh, he's doing it again. But he just, I he just wrestled last night. I should have paid more attention, I guess. But a one gets clotheslined by a natural to the floor. Every time I see the Hardy Boys wrestle, my Twitter feed's just loaded up with Matt Hardy can't do it no more. I dude, I saw that. oh the natural disaster oh. on Eric. That was nice. That's gotta be it. One, two. Oh, who is it? Oh, Bobby Roode. Oh, and the bell. Oh. And here's Petey Williams. Is that going to be a blade job by Stevens? Mm, I don't think so, but... No, tag teams don't do that. That's a main event guy thing. Only main yeah. event guys blade within two minutes left of the show. Bleeding. Here we go. Chase Stevens back in the ring. No, he's not bleeding. No, he's not. No AMW is going to come out watch. Okay, you can separate. You're probably right, AMW. So the annoying That's thing here is you would assume at Unbreakable we could see the Naturals versus AMW. But I'm almost positive they said that the Chris Candido Cup winners get a tight team title shot. At Unbreakable? I'm almost positive that was said or I read it. So. I feel like the finals of the Candido tournament would be at well, maybe the finals are there, and then they get a shot after. Afterwards, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. If I had to guess, we're gonna get Naturals and AMW against Team Canada. Oh, like a three-way tag title match? No, like four on a four again. Yeah. Oh. Then we gotta add a step to it, if you ask me. Here's AMW. We need a step if that's the case. 
I don't know what that would be. Because you can't really... You don't want to do, like, a street fight because there's fucking eight guys. Would they do a and I don't know. Look, watch. Look at... Naturals are standing up. AMW's looking at them. Their hatred for Team Canada is above their hatred for the Naturals. Oh, we're face-to-face. They're arguing. Jimmy Hart's like, come on, baby. Oh. Just stop it. We can get some rice come and beans back at my place. Get come on. on. Get on, guy. Come on. Go show me, Chris. Oh, uh, Harris pushed okay. Jimmy Hart. Well, there's yeah, there you go. Here's your unbreakable take title match, guys. We're brawling. Harris pushed Jimmy Hart, and then Andy Douglas said, fuck that. And then, then yeah, uh, they're fighting. Team Canada's laughing. Like, that's exactly how they thought this would go. <sighs> Great. We go off the air. This has been a presentation of TNA Wrestling. Okay. Uh, what did you think about that episode, Bob? Um... I'm going to say it was it wasn't bad. So I'll give it a slight thumbs up, but I was kind of bored. Right. So that's my thing and you don't do in the middle, but I can't do it. For me, that was a thumbs in the middle kind of show. Yeah, but I would go I'd go leaning towards like But right, I don't a think 6 it, out of 10, not like a 5 out. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's it's not like a bad show, but it was definitely like not that exciting, I think, is a really good way to put it. No, absolutely. I mean, like we got so, we got to see Samoa Joe and like Saban, Rhino doing a little bit of a squash. The main I, event was fine, you know. I think the main event was one of the the better parts of it. Um, yeah. I think I hate to say it, and I know I'm just maybe I'm biased against these kind of tournaments, but I just don't, I just don't like the random tag team tournaments. Um, oh, and, that's, and that's what we're doing. So, unfortunately, that's kind of the killer for me because the Super X Cup, we knew we were getting bangers. X Division, one-on-one. It's like this cool thing. This is like, I listen, I'm not knocking the fact that we're doing a Memorial Cup thing, but I just don't like random tag team matches. And that's what we're doing. So Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, that's why I'm in the middle. Um, I'm hoping... Some of these shows get a little bit better as we head toward Unbreakable. Uh, the tournament, I'm worried, is going to hold us down a little bit. But I'm hoping the in-betweens and some of the segments are really going to carry us to Unbreakable. Because guess what? I think we already mentioned it. Unbreakable is our last pay-per-view before we get to Spike TV. So, Yeah, that's uh, a pretty big moment, I would say. Yeah, so we got a, a big show coming up. Um, and there's something which will soon be announced that I'm extremely excited about because I know about the show. Um, and yeah, then you do your math. We already talked about it on our last episode. Uh, we're going to have some time, but we will talk more about what, what are Bob and Dale's going to watch on the TNA Crestline podcast in between Unbreakable and Spike TV. Yeah. Yes, guys, stay tuned. We're going to be talking about that in coming weeks. And I think one of them is one of the most frustrating things we might see to date. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we haven't, I don't think we've confirmed, I don't know if we talked about it on here, but it's a match that I've had for 
18 years. And I don't know if I've seen the complete match. I don't think I have. I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I've seen parts of it. I've never, I don't think I've watched the whole thing. Yeah, we are, we'll, we'll talk. I, ooh, I want to say it, but we're not going to say it yet. We have yeah. to wait. Specifically that one, we won't even say until Unbreakable, I don't think. Right, because there's a, a huge amount of context. that. Yeah, so we're going to wait. Spoiled. You guys will hear some other stuff that we're doing um, as we get closer. But we will talk about that whole schedule and it will be posted on our social channels once we uh, get closer to that point as well. Because we have like, was it three or four? I think it's four weeks uh, to fill between four shows, technically, between. I think that's right. It's something like that. Yeah. It's, it's three or four weeks. But don't worry, guys. We're going to be covering news and notes during all that time. Anyways. So I think it might be because Unbreakable is on the 11th. So then the next show would be, what, six days after that? No, five? Yeah. So 16, 23, so, 30. So, yeah, three weeks. Oh, okay. If the but, Spike TV is on the first... No, you're right. Yeah. Over. Which our episodes may be changing release date, guys. We'll, we'll, uh, I mean, if it's only bumping it a day, I'd like, to, we'd like to do the, the same day kind of the thing. The same so. day. Yeah. So we may be switching our release date just by one day, but we'll talk about that as we get closer. We have, we have some time before any of that happens. So that's right. We'll communicate it. Uh, but all right. That wraps up the August 19th, 2005 show focusing on impact. We'll be back next week for the August 26th episode of Impact. Who's going to go to the Candido tournament, tag team tournament final, and so much more. Unbreakable is just a few weeks away. And we will continue our journey through TNA wrestling. So for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Conley Jr. And this has been the TNA Cross the Line podcast. Pop, 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 pop,